0: Uh, Hello, Recovery Fam, and welcome back to the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I am one of your three lovely hosts, Josh. And I'm the second host, Drew.
1: And I am your co-host, Palmer. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt.
0: Today's episode is another testimony episode. Today's episode verse comes from Matthew 26, 31. And you may have noticed Palmer sounds a little bit under the weather today, 't quite sound right I Palmer, think is,
1: sound
0: Palmer is beautiful Palmer is is out for the day and we are joined by amber Thomason from our last episode she has graciously stepped in to help co-host this episode so without further delay roll, roll that. that intro
2: on a shame recovery podcast
0: it. Yes. A shame recovery
3: <laughs> podcast The Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh, Drew, and Amber starts now.
0: Here at the Unashamed Recovery Podcast, we believe that there is healing
4: in the story of our scars and that it is okay to not be okay. It is our mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction from real people in real recovery and real sobriety.
1: Today we are joined by someone who is no stranger to the pit of addiction, our guest today is is also no stranger to overcoming that pit. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Clark from Quitman, Mississippi, down in Clark County, who is a part of FAM 180 Recovery here in Meridian. Jonathan, welcome to Unashamed Recovery Podcast.
0: Jonathan, uh, it is good to have you on, buddy. Go ahead and set us up for this. Uh, What does uh, chapter one, what does that first part of your story look like?
5: Well, it goes back to whenever I was in elementary, whenever I uh, I was made fun of a lot for being too skinny and whatever, and just anything that people could do just make fun of me, they did, so I didn't want to care, so it started off by smoking weed, then it progressed on to drinking and Xanax and whatever. How, so, old, you know,
4: go ahead how old were you when you got initially started the, the drug usage? Was it in elementary school, or was it towards middle school? Ten or eleven? Oh man, I can relate. I started about twelve years old. It was started with oh. alcohol for me, and that was the initial, and then it just progressed, you know.
0: Same.
4: Yeah, trying to know him, Yeah, man, that is crazy. Like
0: ten, eleven, starting on on that path. That's which I mean, I reckon it's no different because I was that young starting with pornography. But you know, no, you don't think of this, that is the same as when somebody told I started drinking it. 10 or 11 you know it's almost uh uh, the the stigma is different so you really don't but then when somebody says oh i started looking at pornography at that same age you're like whoa
1: was it like easy access for you
5: yeah it was because i I have a sister who's 10 years older than me so i was like Hmm. go get this and then she go get it and next thing you know it just started progressing more into cocaine then meth and pill other kind of pills just anything uh numb the pain and make it where i didn't care about what was going on and then chapter two goes into high school and it's just like i left heidelberg academy then i went to clarkdale got kicked out of clarkdale for possession of xanax then i uh, went back to heidelberg and then just party with my friends because i was like all their parents my parents never drank so i would go to my friend's house where their parents would drink and we like sneak alcohol out of their liquor cabinet or refrigerator and we go out go camping or river, just party down, and then that thing you know, is like I started getting in trouble with the law, quit going to church. So,
0: I want to backtrack for just a second, because you you threw out something that took me by surprise, and I I don't have Palmer here today to to catch these things for me, Amber. You gotta do a better job. You got you, you gotta fill, fill in those those moments. But <laughs> I need you to have that baseball glove yeah. out and catch these. Things. Gotcha. Okay. But gotcha. you you said something that was so fascinating. But you said cocaine and meth. So you had already progressed to meth during this time.
5: Well, uh, I get. Yeah, you should say that because basically I was taking Adderall like from my friends. He gotcha. he had ADD, so he's a uh, he didn't want to take it, so he was just giving them to me at school, and I would just pop them or whatever, and just so arts.
4: the propensity to use speed was already there. My so goodness. let me ask you this. Let me backtrack a little bit as well. Um, so you were saying that you didn't you know you were being made fun of in elementary school so did that hurt your social development altogether like as far as like groups to fit in with i mean how did that
5: go for you well it was, uh, i mean i had friends but the ones that made fun of me was like they claimed to be my friends so i i tried to avoid them or whatever right so i really didn't really have a social status i was just there Right. Basically,
1: where were your parents?
5: They was at the house. Like I was just, I try, I hit it pretty good from my dad, cause like my dad can't smell, so I was like I could come home after been drinking, he wouldn't know. My mama, she knew, but she was just like let me do it, cause she, she's a nurse, so she was like, well, eventually, he, oh, wow.
4: she never really just addressed it. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Am. So you kind of had like free reign. Just to kind of do, you know, whatever, whatever
2: at that you point. To yeah, either.
5: to kind of cope with life and how life was, you know, beating you up a little bit. But and you, man, looking back at it, it's like nothing but a little cloudy haze. Right.
0: Well, and also, uh, being a kid, you don't see the danger. You just think, I mean, this is awesome. I'm living my best life ever. You're out partying every weekend or every night, and you're not seeing the the progression downward that that's taking you. Uh, you can only see the the good in that. Uh, and so, yeah, man. But that's crazy that at such a young age, right. you're just kind of free reign with it. Just, you know, out there on your own.
4: Um, I just know, you know, for me, in the beginning, when I started using... Uh, and it got extreme. It it started with social acceptance, you know, and then it progressed. And I noticed how, you know, every drug started making me feel. Then I noticed it wouldn't let me feel this certain emotion to this or I could numb myself to that. And the next thing you know, that's what I relied on. That was my go to. It was like a, every day I had to wake up and it was something else I had to had to use just to get through school even at that point in time. You know, so that's why I'm asking these questions. You know, it's just something I can relate to, and I know somebody else out there can relate, you know, as well to the story. So So just so
1: I can get a picture, so you have one uh, one sister that's 10 years older than you. Yeah. Your parents are letting you do what you want, and so you're going through middle school, high school, and you're just kind of really just to yourself at the house?
5: Yeah, basically, or I'd be like, come up with an excuse to go somewhere, like, Oh, somebody was uh been drinking, and let me go pick them up where they won't get in trouble, and then I go out and do the same thing. Like I would do what I told my parents they was doing, just to get out of the house and away from them. Right.
0: And so you were talking about how you had kind of fallen away from church. So you was already uh, going to church and knew God and and all that,
5: correct? Yeah, I was brought up in church, like. And I just come up with an excuse back in 2008, just a quick go. And I was like, well, they got rid of this preacher for a certain thing. I was like, well, I'm not going to go. Yeah.
0: And I think I think it's easy for us to find an excuse when we're looking for an excuse yeah. uh, to to start missing out church. I remember uh, my own childhood, uh, there was a situation at our church that kind of was involving my father, him and a, another uh, youth leader kind of. Got accused of some stuff that was going on, and it broke my father's heart because my father was not that kind of person. He was being falsely accused of this, and my dad has not stepped foot back into a church since then. And I used that as an excuse to actually leave that church, which had been my church my entire life. And I went from a Pentecostal church to a Baptist church, which is a huge difference. (laughs) I used that as the excuse to. to leave, and uh, to this day, I still think, but man, I, I really, I really kind of uh, took the easy way out there. But anyway, back to your to your story, yes. Jonathan. So, so you have you have stopped going to church. You've started kind of escalating in all this. So, what is next in your story? So, I'm, I'm assuming we only things only get worse from this point. Oh, am I correct in that?
5: You are correct. Uh, in 2011, I got arrested for felony DUI, which is three DUIs in five years back then. I got put on house arrest for a year. And then, next thing you know, it's like I was trying to play the game system. And like I was like, well, he ain't going to test me this week. I can go up until mm-hmm. three days before right and then i'll be all right on the drug test and i made it through that and me and this girl i was with we split up because of my addiction and alcohol or whatever so then it progressed worse because i met somebody else from alabama then she uh, was like well let's go do this let's go do that and i was running rampant with her it's like staying up two or three weeks at a time before i got some sleep and i got down to 135 pounds Whew. come home rolling or whatever you want to call it me and my dad got into it then i went out to to, and I get, went to Alliance, the medically detox, and then all they had me on was sleeping pills and van the whole time I was there. Come out looking worse. Like, when I come out, I look worse than I did when I went in. And so that's when I went out to Righteous Oaks for the first time. Now, what year was that? Uh, it was January of 2015. How old were gotcha. you? Uh, 28 or 29. Okay. And then I, went, I, I completed the program out right there and I stayed good for about 18 months and then things happened in life and I just fell back off and then it started with the alcohol. So then.
0: things are going good for that time period. What was, is there one specific thing that you can look back on and pinpoint of, hey, this is where things change? Because when people come out of a program like that, they're in a routine, they're on that program they're set. It usually takes one or two things that really kind of derail you to go backwards. So when when you look back, do you see something like that? You can say, "Hey, yeah, that that that's it right there."
5: Yeah, I basically I quit reading my Bible as much and I got out of prayer uh, praying all the time. And then like once I started doing that less and less, that's when I started picking up the alcohol and like I really didn't do any drugs from 2015 until 2020, that's when I started doing the cocaine and meth again. Then I started taking exo pills, and it just got worse and worse. And I was like, Well, I don't know how I passed all them drug tests for work because by the grace of God, I did. But I I didn't use nobody else's or urine or fake pee or nothing. I was just somehow I passed it. And then once I got on to the job, I was like, Well, I ain't got to worry about taking a random. I ain't gonna do it. You said something
4: just a second ago that was pretty magnificent, uh, and I don't know if anybody else called it. You said that when you started putting your Bible down, you started picking up drugs more. That's that's a profound thing. If if you didn't realize it, I mean, because you're saying that the more that you backed away from God, you backed into the, your old life. Yeah. So you were bringing a dead person awake as you were killing a new you know it's that's right. that's cra- you know it's insanity because, but we've all done it you know i know yeah. i've done it you know i mean
1: the flesh is always going to try and take over and that's why we have to constantly feed our spirit so right. that it doesn't but the second that our spirit goes stagnant our flesh is going to rise back up
4: and it just devours i mean it's crazy how that happens what? i was i heard i was uh reading something this morning that basically goes into saying that if you read your Bible one time a week, it doesn't really change much. Right. Two times a week, eh, it changes just a little bit. You know, it changes how you feel for a day or so. Mm-hmm. But then three times a week you start noticing something magnificent. You know, it starts to shift. Mm-hmm. Four times a week it's it's killed sixty percent of uh porn their addiction. Mm-hmm. It's killed. It's well. It's <laughs> taking away. Let me say it that way. So it's it, it ta- it's It's, it's, yeah, it's ki- <laughs> When I say it's killing, I mean the addiction aspect of it. Not the. Ad- and when it comes to alcoholism, person. it's killed sixty-one percent of alcoholism. Um, it's knocked down depression. Fourteen percent of depression. Thirty-three percent of feeling like you're alone. Four times a week. That's it. That's picking up your Bible four times a week.
1: And that doesn't mean four times in one day.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then you're good for the week. Not what we're talking about.
4: That doesn't mean a Monday overload and then right. you hope you, the rest of your week goes well. Yeah. It's, or you four know. times
1: on Sunday and then you're good for the week. <laughs> doesn't work that way, guys. I just thought that Speaking was pretty... to myself, too. You
4: know, that that correlates. You know, it's... You always have to stay involved. You always have to stay connected. That's one thing that I've realized in my life. The more I'm not connected with God... The more chaos, the more mishaps, the more trouble, you know, the more that I struggle with my, you know, recovery. But the more that I let God in, the easier it is, is because I don't have to stress about it as much because I'm letting God do it for me at that point. You know, but I'm letting him in. I'm letting him know the problems that I'm having. I'm talking to him. I'm reading and I'm trying to connect. You know, it's one thing to know God, but to connect with him is something completely different you know so
1: at what point did you jonathan realize that that was the remedy did it take going back to treatment again so what happened at 18 months you Uh, relapsed
5: i relapsed and then uh, and it don't when you realize it don't start over it starts where you left it off and then it just gets worse Mm -hmm. and then it's like i got arrested again for a felony dui got put on drug court done good for a few months started going to celebrate recovery and fam 180 and then i got complacent and once again i put down the bible and picked up the alcohol and and one day i went to my buddy's house quote unquote and uh got drunk there left drove home i was like well it ain't but two minutes from my house i'll be all right well no it wasn't <laughs> i got arrested again famous last words right <laughs>
1: i'm not far from home i'll be fine i'm Man. not an addict <laughs> oh
5: oh wow but God, then I spent 18 days in jail sobered up and then like that's when i started picking my bible up and i was like i was like, I, I was like i'm fixing to go to prison for a long time and then judge luckily judge bailey had grace well and uh it wasn't and, luck. That's God. Yeah. I, uh, he sentenced me. Like, he gave me credit for what the little bit I did on drug court and then sentenced me to probation. And I had to go to rehab, so I went back out to Righteous Oaks. And so... So this was your second time at Righteous Oaks? It was. Got you. Okay. And like that's when I... Like, the first time I went through there, I was like, I was just going through the motions to make mom and daddy happy. This time, when I went out there, I was like, I'd wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and read my Bible from 3 to 5.30 when we had to wake up to go get ready to go to breakfast. What I'd done every day, like, rather be a devotion or reading in the Bible. Like, that's why my one of my favorite Bible verses is Matthew twenty six thirty one or 33. It's like, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's a real good verse, and it also is a real good daily affirmation for for us in uh, recovery. That's something you can meditate on all throughout your day to help uh, kind of get that way of thinking into the to your mind. That is a really good place for us to take a break to pay some bills to uh, keep the the roof over our
4: head. Got to keep the lights on. Uh,
0: when we come back, we're going to hear more of jonathan's story and we're going to look at more of his recovery side of this and what he's doing now to maintain this so stay where you're at a lot more is coming your way right after these few words from our sponsors
3: unashamed recovery podcast is heard around the world in over 42 countries including over 780 cities in all 50 states here in the united states People around the world are hearing the message of the hope of recovery from addiction, and that's because of listeners like you who donate, but also because of our sponsors. Local sponsors like Dee's Automotive in Meridian, Mississippi, serving the East Central Mississippi and West Alabama areas for over 42 years. Dee's is a name you can trust when it comes to your vehicle. For all your complete car care needs and service and towing and car locks, that's Dee's Automotive. Go by and see Miss Jeannie, Mike, and the boys at 5024 poplar springs drive that's 5024 poplar springs drive in meridian or give them a call at 601-482-1800 that's 601-482-1800 and tell them that josh and drew sent you the Unashamed Recovery Podcast is also sponsored by Ended for Good. Ended for Good is a Mississippi-based nonprofit that works on advocacy and education around drug policy in Mississippi. Ended for Good works to help communities understand how health-centered approaches to addiction can help local communities become safer and keep more families thriving. If you're interested in learning more about harm reduction, you can check out Ended for Good on all social media or on their website at endedforgood.com. That's Ended for. Good.com. Unashamed Recovery is also sponsored internationally by Sober Life Love, a sober dating site made for the sober community. Are you tired of the dating scene revolving around alcohol and drugs? Do you want to find someone who shares your commitment to a sober lifestyle? Look no further than Sober Life Love. The Sober Life Love platform is specifically designed for individuals who are sober and seeking a partner who shares in their same values. Whether you're in recovery, prefer not to drink, or simply choose to live a sober lifestyle, we provide a safe and supportive community for you to connect with like-minded individuals. With our advanced matching algorithms, you can find compatible partners who understand your journey and respect your choices. From sober activities to meaningful conversations, our dating services offers a variety of ways to connect and build relationships. Soberlife.love is the new way to connect with people who understand and support your journey. Join today for free at www. Dot soberlife.love. That's www.soberlife.love. Now back to your normally scheduled programming right here on Unashamed Recovery Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Understanding Recovery Podcast. Thank you to all of our sponsors. We are in the studio, Drew, Amber, and our guest, Jonathan Clark, who is a member of FAM 180 Recovery and a guest of North Park Suburban Recovery and other recovery groups in the Meridian area. So Jonathan, before our sponsor break, we were talking and you had kind of led up to the point where you had gotten back into Righteous Oaks, and you were now in there working a different recovery program than your last time. So take us back into that. So what made
5: this time different than the last In your mind, what was different about this go-around? My heart was more in it, and I was like, I want to seek the Lord. And then like, I, I, when I got my phone calls, I would call my mom. I was like, Mom, when I get out, I'm going to change people's lives i'm gonna reach people somehow some way and she said you know you used to tell me that when you was little you want to uh, reach people i was like well i'm going to this time if i could just change one person's life man that that my story will be worth telling to everybody if it's just one person
0: You know, and i think i think that's the important part with any person that's got a a story to tell especially with us Uh, in recovery it's all about reaching that one person one person because the difference that can be made in that one person's life right if 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 i can make a difference in one person's life and change their life forever through them hearing a story of hope and then that person goes and they touch one person's life i mean that it's a chain reaction event like that and I, I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do. I think that's what the twelfth step is all about: is going out and sharing that hope with one person. So, so that, that's awesome that you, even in Righteous Oaks, while you're there in the program, it's it's amazing that you already see that and you're already working towards that. And and now look at you! You 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 just shared your testimony. What was it? Last week at Fan One Hundred and Eighty, or was it, was it the week before? Last it, week. it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. Man, I, I can't wait to see where that goes from here because i mean the the road is wide open uh, man that, that's just that's amazing so how long were you at righteous oaks working that program 6 months from august to february man that's a uh, a good long uh, stint to stay away from home, but... That
1: was your last time? I mean, the last time there? Then your second time there altogether?
0: Yeah, the second. Okay. Said you'd do six months by times. I did. So, a year devoted to <laughs> righteous oaks. But here's the thing, though. Shout
1: out to Brother Dave of that guy.
5: Brother Jay. Shout out 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 to Jay Clark.
0: (laughs) So a lot of good stuff going on over at uh, Righteous Oaks. So with you being out since February, what has
5: this recovery looked like for you now compared to years in the past? I'm keeping God first, and I'm actually stepping up. At Fam 180 and taking a leadership role to Awesome, nice. Like for the small groups or the leading on whatever God puts on my heart. I'll tell Jimmy Reed he's a he's over the whole thing. I was like hey, Brother Jimmy, let me share something, you know, that God's put on my heart. And basically it's just like staying humble and staying in God's will because if God is against it, I should be too. That's right. That's right.
1: So what happened with the legal stuff? So I know the last thing you told us was another DWI.
5: Well, I uh, went to court September the 7th. Me and my lawyer talked to the prosecutor and they dropped the charges down in Clark County and they only going to put me on house arrest for two years and I only have to have the ankle monitor on for six to eight months. That's a blessing. Most. Definitely. That's a blessing. See, God is good.
0: Most definitely, man. That's that right there is almost uh, a miracle in itself compared to, to yours that you just went through with, with all of your legal stuff that you, that you were going through. When God, that's mirror. When when yeah. God puts His hand into a situation, He He changes things. I'm yeah. telling you. So I, I want to go back a few moments ago. Jonathan was talking about how this time he's stepped up in his recovery program. Can we sit here and talk about that? Yeah. How many people do we know that come through a recovery program, they'll come in, spend a couple of weeks, a month, like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. And then you never see them again. Right. Yeah. They they come in, they get just a little bitty taste, and then they just, you never see that person again. Then what they may be off, they still may be sober, but for the most part, I see people who they do that. They You'll never see them again. And then they finally will come back. They've had a relapse and they're starting over. How many of us do we see who, when they stay and they get plugged in and they take that next step higher, find the freedom that they've been looking for over those last couple of times? And it seems like that has worked this time for you, Jonathan. Like you've taken that next step. You know, it seems like people, when they get to that, they either take the next step or they'd leave. And it's like when they leave, they're just going right back into it. He found purpose in his recovery.
4: Yes. That's what it sounds You know, when we find purpose, we find meaning. And we find meaning, mm-hmm. we find drive, we find motivation. Yes. You know. Correct? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to answer that for you. I did it anyway. it's <laughs> true.
0: Today our guest is Drew, He's going to be sharing his story. Oh my goodness!
4: <laughs> we already know I'll take three episodes this time. There's been a lot, so.
0: <laughs> but, but that—that's exactly what it seems like this time with you, Jonathan. Is that you've acknowledged that hey, I, I've got to, I've got to do more in my recovery. I've got to give back to be able to keep this. Which adds to that old saying. I can't keep it I gotta give it away
1: Amen.
0: that's right well
1: to keep it I have to give it away it's paradox
4: the one thing that I can really appreciate Jonathan about your story is the fact that I know you're working on this program now because I did not want to hear you put blame for your addiction on not one other person
2: yeah you took full account.
4: I mean like you like I know in the beginning for me telling my story it was well if my dad wouldn't have done this if this person wouldn't have done X Y and Z Mm -hmm. I didn't I wasn't I was taking accountability for my actions on what I did, but I wasn't taking the accountability for my choices still. Mm-hmm. I was always saying if this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, still finding little factors to say, "All right, well, this was why this happened." Not just to say, "I was screwing up."
2: Yeah. I you know, this was
4: yeah, it was me. This it was me. That those were the choices I made. You know, and I heard every bit of that in years where you were just taking accountability.
5: Yeah. You just I didn't hear you not want shift blame. That's basically, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah you know. my parents done. They tried to raise me right. I made them bad decisions on my own. Right. I mean, that's that's a big thing. You know, I
4: mean, a lot of people that are working a recovery program will not still take accountability for some of the decisions they made. You know, not not dissing anybody, and it's not me talking down on anybody. Don't take that personally. It's just the truth. like I said, I was that person for a while. You know, uh, up until even I told my testimony, what was that, Josh, the last time at C.R.? Ah, uh, yesterday. Oh,
0: That was
4: last year, wasn't it? Was <laughs> it wasn't here? I think it was last year. Yeah. Well, I think, I think about this
0: time last year, would not it? Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> yeah.
4: Give yeah. or take. It was about this time last year, but even in that one, I had to rewrite the whole thing because I read the old one, and I was just like, I'm blaming everybody. Right. Like, I'm not once saying my choices led me here. I'm not saying that I was the monster in my story. I was the villain in my story. You know, everybody else was the villain. Woe is me. That's what I did, you know. But to hear somebody just come out, tell their story, and they're like, hey, I did this. This is where I'm at. This is what happened. Now I'm working on it.
1: So maybe one day, like 10 years from now, Jonathan, you can look back at your recovery and how your life is so different and how this last time in recovery, you can look back and see that the pivotal moment the pivotal action on your part was continuing to feed your spirit taking ownership of your choices and knowing what you have to do and knowing that every time before when you didn't stay in the word you relapsed you know but now that you've been insightful about that you've admitted that to yourself you know what you have to work on it you know you can look back and just know that what change helped
5: that's right, and and I can uh like the guy I work for now. I've start actually started a ministry with him. Like we do a daily devotion every day to put and it puts peace on the job. And there's a guy that works with us. He's struggling the straddling the fence right now, and we're trying. Me and my boss are trying to reach him, and it's like we work with him and just like feed him, try to feed him that word and prayer. We pray for him every day, and just I'm trying. I, that may be the one person that. Guy, I put in my life to reach is the guy I work with.
0: That's right. And I'm just going to tell you, if there's one person that's going to be out there reaching him. It's, it's going to be David. <laughs> David is going to yeah. he, he is David is going to move a mountain to try and reach him. Like that. That's who we need to to get on the show and and have him talk because he, David reminds me of Amber. The fire that Amber had uh, with Coming out of the pit and just going after one more, and it's the same with Jonathan. It's that same fire. David has that same fire; like it's contagious. David <laughs> Lee, Jonathan's boss, man, it's just he it is contagious when you're sitting there talking to him, and then that he's got that that fire of going after just one more person. And so, yeah, if there was one person that that you that could do it, I, I believe that. David could do it. You, you can't give up, and so you're yeah. you're right, Jonathan. If if that that could be the that one person, uh, that's exactly right. Well, Jonathan, as your your story has come to a, a close, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your story, being open and vulnerable, and and talking about these hard things, and as a show of our appreciation to you, I want to give you just a a few moments of an open mic. If there were somebody out there listening right now who is in the same position that you were in the middle of your addiction, what's a few things that you would say to that person?
5: i just say, hit your knees, talk to god and open that word up and take in as much of the bible as you can because it may be no hope right now but with god everything anything is possible he can change your life and he can put that fire in your heart to seek him more and more each day and just like it says in uh matthew 6 33 seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you God can free you from your addiction or any kind of... He can break any kind of chain that you have uh in your life if you just turn to Him. Amen. That's a good word there.
0: My goodness. We'll have to uh, use that as our promo for this uh, episode. That is, yeah. That's a, a, a great word. And if you're uh, listening out there, please know that there is hope and that there is always a way out.
1: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Unashamed Recovery. I hope you found it helpful and encouraging. If you're listening and still in the darkness of addiction, we hope that today's testimony will be a lighthouse guiding you out of that pit and into the hope of sobriety and recovery.
4: For more recovery content, visit our brand new website, unashamedrecovery.com, as well as our new sobriety and recovery themed blogs to take you deeper into your sobriety and recovery journeys. And that's where you'll also find all the links into our social media. There, you can even donate to the show and help us reach more people still lost in the darkness of addiction. Also, check
0: out more amazing recovery podcasts over at Take 12 Recovery Radio recovery podcast network and that link is in the show notes and also on our website under the partners page and that is all for this episode remember to stay sober and above all else keep on 12th stepping as you stay
2: unashamed
0: thank y'all we love you